0: Welcome to the Student Manager, episode number three. I am Michael Fong, former Division I Student Manager, and the purpose of my podcast is always to communicate knowledge, information, and real experience to parents and students to help schools, to help them find schools that are a good match academically and personally with the college search and admission process. So today, uh, before I introduce my guests, I wanna thank uh, the one and only sponsor, I have. That's Fonger News, owner of the podcast of the student manager. Again, you can subscribe to Fonger News, it's the media and entertainment group. But I keep on forgetting to also thank a key member of my team, executive producer, Murph Carges. What's up, Murph? So, episode number three, we're going to continue on the topic of colleges, but this is going to be about the California. Collegiate Athletic Association. There's 13 members uh, in the CCAA. and It's a division two. Uh, and we'll range from probably all the CSU colleges out in California. But joining me, my first guest on the student manager is Marcella McFadden. She's chief of communications with the Monterey Peninsula Unified School District. She's the mother of Jack McFadden and Ryan McFadden who are my nephews, which makes Marcella my sister. So, Marcella, welcome. I'm glad to have you as my first guest.
1: Well, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here and share, share information with your viewers and followers.
0: I think it's a good time to be here because you're in town, and I uh, scheduled this podcast so I can have you, because I think you have an interesting story. First, not only did you attend Long Beach State, and then your brother, I followed you. Absolutely. I introduce you to your husband. That is correct. That's a story in itself.
1: Yes, it is a story in itself.
0: Then you have your two kids, uh, one that just recently graduated high school, and then Jack, uh, who went to community college and now is going to a four-year college. So we could talk about that, but I also like the part of what you've done for the last six years at MPUSD, which is the Monterey Peninsula Unified School District, up there in the Santa Cruz area, more specifically Aptos, as chief communications officer, because you see so much in your school district with the four high schools. That is correct. So we'll touch on that uh, later on in this episode, but I want to, let's just get right into it. You went to Long Beach State, and I I, I don't want to age yourself, but do you even remember that process? I vaguely do
1: remember that process. Uh, growing up, we I always knew that college was going to be for me. I just didn't know what college. So uh, it was a little overwhelming because we came from a family, obviously um, a separated, divorced family. And so didn't really know about the college experience, just knew kind of from what I've heard from friends and so forth. So it was an experience trying to explore what I wanted to do post-high school and then trying to navigate, like, how do you apply? How do you apply for financial aid? Where should I go? So it was a little overwhelming.
0: From Northern California, you went down to Long Beach State. Why?
1: I knew that I wanted to go away to college. I just didn't know where, but my mom said, you need to go X amount of distance away and so I just applied to colleges that I thought um, I could get into because I wasn't really confident at the time and I just thought, okay, let's apply to colleges that I think I could get into. So Long Beach State happened to be one of them.
0: And did you visit any other schools before you went to Long Beach?
1: We did. We visited some local schools in the Bay Area. But again, that was a little too close for home. And my mom really encouraged us to go further. So we started looking at Southern California, looked at Long Beach State, looked at San Diego State, um, applied to those, applied to a couple private colleges. But then just for affordability purposes, Long Beach State was the choice for me.
0: So you said affordability. So out of state was not an option.
1: Not an option.
0: I, uh, I'll i say it, we we're poor. We grew up poor, and we had to stay in California. And since you took mom's money to go to college, I had to bum my way to get a scholarship.
1: I didn't actually take mom's money to go to college. Let's be real. I had to apply for student loans.
0: All right, speaking of student <laughs> loans, because I talk about this story a lot. And for my followers and audience out there, there is so much out there, FAFSA, right? Yes. Um, what do you know about FAFSA?
1: Well, honestly, at the time... We applied and we got through the process, but just going through it now um, as a mother of a child going off to college, the FAFSA for those parents that don't really know about how to navigate that process, I really feel badly about that because I'm an educated person and I had to help my kid go through it. And it's really challenging. So if you don't really understand the process, it could be a little overwhelming to parents.
0: So what would you tell my followers one thing about FAFSA what it's about, how to do it, and what's out there.
1: So for FAFSA, FAFSA basically is if you are looking to send your child off to college, it's a way to apply for financial aid. So whether you qualify or not, all colleges are going to encourage you to apply because it's also a way to um, qualify for scholarships. So early on in the process, when your child is realistically, freshmen and sophomores, start looking at that because by your junior year, you need to be applying for this. And so if you don't know about it, start doing some research online as well as work with your high school counselors. They can help guide you. It is a process that you might not know a lot about um, and you're doing the research and you might have questions, but that's what your high school counselors are there for. Also, if you're looking at certain colleges, they can help guide you through that process as well. And there's also out there um, organizations. Organizations that you could pay to help you navigate that process, unfortunately, not all families can afford that. So start early, and if you have questions, ask those questions.
0: And for those of you that are listening, uh, yes, we're going to be talking about her experience with your two sons and their process, Um, but let's kind of talk about, because people don't know what FAFSA is, and you're talking about starting early. You are chief communications at the Monterey Peninsula Unified School District, high level. Talk about the district in itself, because you and I have conversations. It's not like Southern California, Orange County, because this is, for those of you listening, it's la-la land out here, and people think everything that we do out here, that's the way it is, not only throughout California, but throughout the United States. Talk to me about specifically where you work, demographics, and how that take shape. Sure. Sure.
1: So the Monterey Peninsula Unified School District is on the central coast. We, if people know uh, Carmel, um, Pacific Grove, that area. However, those school districts uh, have a lot of money, have a lot of wealth. Our school district covers the city of Marina, Seaside, and Monterey. Many people think that Monterey Peninsula Unified School District is wealthy. However, we are not. About 70% of our kiddos qualify for free and reduced lunch. About 40% are English-language learners. So we have a lot of uh, demographic and challenges that some other areas may not face. So what we do in our school district is we really try to help parents um, navigate um, and getting their kids off to college, prepared for college. One of our goals is by 2022, 85% of our kids graduating from MPUSD will be prepared for career or college. And so it is our goal to help those kids get there
0: how do you help them? How do you do
1: that? So various things. And one of the things that comes to mind is we offer a program called AVID. It's um, Advancement Via Individual Determination. And so it's a program that we offer in all of our middle schools and our high schools. And students participate in this. And it, it It's a class, basically, that they attend, and it teaches them study habits, all these various skills, reading and writing, and tutoring support. And ultimately, we take these uh, students on college visits. So at least they're having the opportunity to be exposed uh, to certain colleges to see what college life is about and to really motivate them to want to pursue college post high school.
0: So you said you take them out to college and you make visits. Give me an example. Where did they go visit last,
1: last year? Depending on the school, it's up to the various school site, but some of the colleges that these uh, students visit are neighboring CSU campuses or UC campuses. So we're in the Monterey Peninsula. So uh, we visit uh, schools on the Central Coast. We visit schools in the Bay Area. So it would be like a Cal State uh, San Jose, Cal State Monterey Bay, because Monterey Bay is right in our backyard. We also go to UC Santa Cruz. Those are just some of the schools that we visit. So primarily, we're looking at UC and CSU schools.
0: Nothing out of state?
1: No, I don't believe we take our kids out of state. It's mostly local.
0: So AVID, again, focusing on the California Collegiate Athletic Association League. This is a D2 division with 13 members. There's Cal Poly Pomona, Chico State, Dominguez Hills and I don't know why they call it Cal State East Bay now to make a greater, beautiful name. At the end of the day, it's flipping Hayward State. Do you remember Hayward State?
1: I do remember Hayward State. There was always this um, negativity associated around it, but really, at the end of the day, it's a CSU, and it's a very fine institution.
0: Cal State LA, the Sea Otters, Cal State Monterey Monterey Bay, Bay. uh, San Bernardino down here in Southern California, Stanislaus, which is in Turdlock actually Turlock but I call it Turdlock. Uh as UC San Diego it stands out cuz they're part of the CCAA and they're the only UC in this conference comprised of other schools such as Humboldt State Uh, San Francisco State, and Sonoma State.
1: And there's also, people um, underestimate the value of some of the newer
0: CSUs. There's
1: Cal State, San Marcos, there's Channel Islands. These schools, their acceptance rates are very high. So I really encourage families, when you're looking at schools, not just looking at some of the more popular CSUs or UCs, but there are really... Um, newer CSUs online, that the acceptance rate is really high. And if you have a student that really um, is looking for a smaller, more close-knit community feeling, some of these CSUs are really good institutions for their
0: learning. So let's go into some of these CSUs since we're on the topic, and not in any particular order, but the ones I mentioned that you have visited maybe with either Ryan or Jack
1: Yes. So about three years ago, we visited a bunch of schools on my son's college tour, which I recommend to parents. If you're looking to take your kiddos to college, The latest you really should be visiting this college is during spring break of sophomore or junior year. A lot of people do it junior year. Um, But I know you afforded your kids really early on um, to instill college really when they were in elementary school. So if you have the means to do that, even if you're on a family vacation and you're in a town where there's a college, swing by. Take your kids on the campus. But going back to what we did is we visited the colleges during spring break of our kids' junior years, and we looked at San Diego State, Long Beach State, San Marcos, Channel Islands, uh, San Jose State, uh, CSUMB, Monterey Bay. So we looked at a handful of CSUs across the state for our kids.
0: All right, my listeners know that I've visited over 100 college campuses and it's counting. However, that's why I bring on guests such as you and other people that are going to different universities and colleges and experience. I've never stepped foot on the campus of Monterey Bay or San Marcos. Mm -hmm. Talk about those two campuses as compared to maybe like a Long Beach State or San Diego State, which are bigger names.
1: Sure. So, Cal State Monterey Bay is an interesting one because it used to be an army base. It was based, it's on Fort Ord, and so really, it's not. It wasn't specifically made to be a college, but they converted this whole military base into. A CSU campus. So it's a little bit smaller campus. It has about maybe eight to 9000 students. And for someone like my son, Jack, who's not as confident and more um, introverted, and just wasn't quite sure what he wanted to do, he went off to a community college. Uh, completed his undergraduate and just recently decided on Cal State Monterey Bay. So we just went to the welcome day and then the orientation day. Really sweet campus and what I love about them is that they really cater to the transfer student. Which for me, I had no idea um, what I was getting into. So. For that aspect alone, I think it's really great because you know when you go off to a college, you're going for the whole college experience. You want the social aspect, you Mm -hmm. want the academics, you want the whole kit and caboodle. Cal State Monterey Bay is more of almost like a commuter school, but they really want to get you um, involved on campus life because studies show that if you can really, once you get on a college campus and you're engaged in something, whether it's student government, whether it's social activity, whether it's athletics, The chances of you staying and graduating from college are higher versus if you just go take your class and then leave. So Mm. they really want to get you involved. So I appreciated that about Cal State Monterey Bay is how they wanted to embrace that and really bring you in and provide opportunities.
0: You talked about what you liked. What about Jack? What did he like specifically about it?
1: He is, like I mentioned earlier, is more of an introvert, not very confident. So what he liked about it is the smaller school campus setting. Mm -hmm. And he also liked the smaller class sizes. One of the things he said to me, because he said when he went to some of his workshops, the average uh, teacher to student ratio is about 22 to 25 students per teacher or professor. So he really, really liked that aspect. He also liked the fact that the campus was not super large in size where it's overwhelming. So he liked those two aspects about CSUMB.
0: And we, we talk about that, the student ratio, right? Or the campus being maybe only 10,000. And I want people to really understand and listen out there. There is a university and school for everybody. Would you agree?
1: absolutely.
0: Now, was he bummed there's no football team?
1: No, um, he was not bummed. Certain kids, like you just said, there's you know, education is not one size fits all for every kid. He was not bummed. For him, he just wants to get in, get his education done, and then get out. Uh, we always said to both our kids, you need to get your bachelor's. We encourage that you get your bachelor's. We will pay for your bachelor's. We, we strongly um, feel that you need to have this to be successful in life, so...
0: What is he going to be studying?
1: So he's going in as a communication major. And then what he ultimately wants to do is get his bachelor's, get out, and then apply to the FIRE Academy. Now, he could have chosen to go straight to the FIRE Academy. But again, we encouraged him to get his bachelor's degree because at the end of the day, once you have your bachelor's, no one can take that away from you. And when you start applying and you go, for example, to the FIRE Academy, you might have a better chance with someone competing for that captain job or that chief job that might not have their bachelor's Mm -hmm. degree.
0: Right, so let's switch topics and switch gears with your other son because I think when you visited college campuses down here, one of the schools you went down to was San Marcos.
1: That is correct.
0: So talk to me about San Marcos. I drive by it, I, I see it, I don't really know that much about it. Compare it with maybe Monterey or again to the bigger campuses of CSU.
1: Sure. San Marcos is a really sweet school as well. It was built uh, one of the newer CSU campuses and it was built specifically as a school. Um, It's in northern San Diego County. It's a little offset on its own, but it's a full college community campus with everything from dorm life to social activities to, you know, beautiful uh, state of the art classrooms. Again, that is a smaller school. I think it only has upwards of 10 to 11,000 students. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest, the reason one of my son looked at that school, he's a surfer and he loved how close it was to the surf. So that was one of the schools and why he chose to apply to that school.
0: But how close really is it to the surf? Probably Isn't about
1: 10-15 minutes.
0: Okay. Now, one thing when I go visit campuses and and Jack was able to experience it uh, on our Southern trip, I look at facilities, you're talking about buildings, anything stand out with maybe Cal State Monterey or San Marcos with the buildings? Is it brick? Is it new? Did you walk into the classrooms? Is it the big lecture halls?
1: Yes. So like I said, CSUMB was not built to be a college. So there's not a lot of technology, you know, new buildings and so forth. And they don't have student housing. I mean, they do, but it's almost not geared 110% for that whole social student life. Whereas San Marcos Full-on buildings built from the ground up. College dormitories, you know, you could have two roommates, you could have five roommates. It was built to be a specific on-housing, you know, on-campus housing campus. The buildings were beautiful, state-of-the-art technology, beautiful library. Mm -hmm. Just the way they set it up, the colleges, you know, the schools and the colleges on that campus um, were all set up to be close in proximity and so forth.
0: Did you have a chance to have lunch in the student union? Yes. Talk to me about that
1: it's not the college campus that you and I went to the dorms, you get in line, you have one or two meal choices, you get your milk and juice and head on out to the table. This we're talking about, you can choose from anything from Starbucks, Panda Express, you know, Taco Bell, the whole kit and caboodle. You can go up and have a potato bar and have that made for you a salad bar, you know, gluten free, vegetarian, vegan, the whole kit and caboodles there for you. So that Campus food and housing is so much different than what you and I experienced many, many years ago.
0: I agree with you 100%. Every campus that I visit, and I've always take our uh, our kids to, we always stop and have lunch. And it's amazing of the little community or city that's in the student union, not even talking about the dorms, because we've actually had lunches and dinners at dorms where we can sit and watch the students come in, and, mm. and I ask my kids... Uh, can you see yourself at this school? So when you were having lunch at like San Marcos or Monterey Bay, uh, did you see the students come in and out? And what was the the atmosphere or the vibe for the people who are listening out there that may not have a chance to go visit these schools? I mean, is it happening or is it, do they just look like they're studious or... What's going on?
1: It's definitely happening. It's a social scene, if you will, not st- like social scene, scary social scene, but it's very, the vibe is great, it's positive. You see students that are gathering together, studying together, taking their food and sitting at a table or they're going outside to eat. But it's almost like going to a food court, if you will, a mini food court, and you can get pretty much anything you want and you can sit with colleagues and study together or you can sit and socialize. Um, It's just a really great experience.
0: So at the end of the day, we're talking about Cal State San Marcos. He wants to be near a school that he can surf, but ultimately he decided against it. And he is now going to?
1: He's going to San Francisco State University, which is quite opposite in student population. We're now looking at 30, 32,000 students there.
0: The Gators. So why purple and gold, the Gators of San Francisco State?
1: You know, I think ultimately he was looking for a Uh, more social, bigger campus just to experience a larger um, social setting. This kid's more social than my other kid is. So he was looking for just more diversity and just more of a larger campus to explore. Um, Like I said, there's a lot more. There is a larger student base there. The housing, huge. Um, Actually, I will recommend if, or high, highly um, encourage you if you're going to apply to San Francisco State, make sure you get on the boat to apply for housing because they only have about 3,500 beds and over 7,000 students apply for housing. So you're talking about kids mm. who aren't, especially as freshmen, able to live on campus and then you're looking for an apartment in a very expensive
0: city. Because if I'm not mistaken, when I visited that campus, it is urban. It's very urban, yes. So if you're not living... So if I'm hearing this correctly, as a freshman, you apply, you don't get housing, you're living off-campus?
1: You're living off-campus and you have to find roommates to live off-campus with. That sucks. Maybe. Maybe. It depends. Some people like roommates, but it does I guess you're right. I mean, it's you're to not na- you're not to on campus. I mean, yeah, the, it you does, got an experience. Exactly. And I will say I like I said earlier when in any campus you go to, they encourage you to get involved either in student government, in your housing, you know, resid- become a residence, resident resident um, Monitor. What do they call those? Um, but just RA. RAs. Yes, getting really involved because the statistics show if you just come to class and leave, the chances of you dropping out and not graduating with a degree um, are is a lot higher than those that get really involved on in the campus life. So yes, it, in to answer your question, you have kids that like like you said, it, it sucks. But they do have the school, I will say, offers this. They connect you with, you know, portals, if you will, to try to find roommates and so forth to, you know, connect and find housing on your own. But it's expensive to live in the city.
0: Absolutely. Well, I wish him the best of success at San Francisco State and Jack the best of success at Cal State Monterey. Did you know Monterey, Cal State Monterey, it's the closest CSU to the
1: the peninsula? No,
0: nope, beach.
1: The beach. No, really?
0: Yes. You got to do Closer your research. To long beach? Yes.
1: Oh, interesting. Yes,
0: if it's on the website.
1: You know what? You're right. The exit's right there. I drive right by there. it every day on the way to work.
0: So, I want to talk about another school that I think you visited with Ryan. Uh Point Loma. Yes. Talk to me about Point Loma because it's something uh, it's a school I drive by and I see personally I've never stopped by and right. visited but again a private school smaller school for those of my followers and listeners that want to stay in California Point Loma might be an option
1: sure uh, let me talk let me mention not only Point Loma we went to Chapman we went to Pepperdine so we went to a a bunch, a bunch of private schools as well so it wasn't limited for my kids I wanted them to see it all and so Point Loma was a, a, an, I guess an alternative for him because again he wanted to be near the beach. He also got to experience when I took our older son Jack to Point Loma, and so Point Loma is a small school, similar in size student population to San Marcos and CSUMB, if you will. Uh, the one thing I think I would say that I. We went to Point Loma. He liked it at the time many, many years ago. This last visit, he thought it was okay, but I think he wasn't really convinced about just the structure and the way that just the vibe he got there. It just wasn't his his vibe. And so for him, I don't think that was the right school for it.
0: When you guys went to Point Loma, and, and not only Point Loma, but your other college visits. Yes. How long did you stay on campus? What did you specifically see? Without me telling you what to say or what I tell my audience, what is a must when you go visit a school?
1: So I guess the must would be, because you could do this on your own, and a lot of people do do it on your own. But what we did, we specifically signed up for the college tour. And so they, they take you through stuff. They take you to the various classrooms. They take you to the library. They take you through what the resident housing will look like. They take you to the various places on campus so you can get a feel for what life will be on campus. They also sometimes even have student panels come and talk to you and you're able to ask questions. So I would highly recommend if you're going to go visit these campuses, while you can do it on your own, sign up for that tour because it does, they, it takes a couple hours but you won't really get the full flavor doing it on your own. And then you can talk to uh, you know, the staff there, you could talk to students. So that's the the must do, the re- the recommend.
0: And we talked about this in my last episode, it's about preparing, failing to prepare is preparing to fail, and organizing and setting it up in advance, where you're going to go visit, right? Yes. So obviously you went to go visit San Marcos, Point Loma, and you set these college campus tours up, right? Uh, Chapman. Yes, uh, that was on the same trip. Correct? That was on the same trip. And Chapman's right down the street from us. Matter of fact, uh, last week I did a grub crawl. Have you ever heard of a grub crawl?
1: Yes. Instead of a pub crawl, where you're drinking, you're eating. And we know you love a good, you know, a good meal. Don't miss a meal.
0: I love food. <laughs> Fonger News loves food too. <laughs> we got to pay for the student manager somehow. Anyways, Chapman in orange on our grub crawl, because I look at it, I tell people this all the time, and you don't live out here, so you're not always around the Chapman campus and university, but if I was not from here, if I was a parent, I would say Chapman's a fucking great-ass school. You have The Circle, you have Haven, you have buttermilk Fried chicken, you have Paul's, The cocktails, where else did we go? We went to The Wall. These are all the places we went to. Uh, Oh, Snooze. Snooze is out there too. These are all great places to eat. Now, when you went to Chapman, what did you like? I personally love
1: Chapman, and I wish Ryan chose Chapman. I loved the just just the vibe on campus, just the right amount of students there. It was small, small small-knit community. Like you said, it's right there in the circle. There's a lot that the students can do without having to have a car. Um, I just felt, it just, I think Chapman would have offered him a fine education, but at the end of the day, he just didn't like it. He wanted to be out more where there was more students, more in there's a
0: lot of students no, at Chapman. No, the beach,
1: I believe like the beach the beach feel just I think he felt more enclosed by this whole like you're on a four corner block and you walk out and there's a house right there. He wanted more of that. I don't, more urban college campus feel, right. but I did, I mean, don't get me wrong, Chapman has a great feel, it's the college campus, the Greek, the Greek system at Chapman's amazing, I have a dear friend of mine, two of her kids went to Chapman, I was high on Chapman, and the great thing about Chapman, if you apply and get in early and your students are, you know, have really decent um, GPA and SAT, ACT scores, you can get a lot of scholarships going to Chapman and pretty much get by what you would pay for at a CSU.
0: So Chapman, what is the ACT average to get into Chapman? Do you know?
1: I do not know. My kids did not take the ACT, so I don't know what the average is for that.
0: Okay, so we're on that topic. Let's talk about, I'm assuming your kids took the SAT. Correct. What were their scores?
1: Well, let me back that up. Only one child did the SAT because if you're going to community college, you do not have to take the SAT or ACT. So Jack knew pretty much... By the time he got to his senior year or junior year, I take that back, he kept on saying, I'm going to community college. So we reluctantly said, okay, but so, just so you know, uh, listeners out there, if your child is moving straight to a community college, you do not have to take the SAT or ACT. However, if you are applying to college, you do a four-year college, you do need to take the SAT, ACT. So you normally are taking the pre-SAT in your sophomore, junior year, and then you start hitting hard the SAT, junior, and even up to the first semester of your senior year to really boost those scores.
0: Right, and I have encouraged people to take the SAT even sooner than your junior year. Um, So with Ryan, with his SAT, he took the SAT, what was his score? I
1: think it was uh, 1,300.
0: Okay, so with 1,300, people always ask me, all right, they'll start naming schools. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what's your ACD? What's your SAT? So because some people have their goggles on, correct? And I'm sure you have friends in there, and we haven't talked about your friends and and how their kids and their comparison. But when you had Ryan's score, did you now say, all right, here is our middle schools that we're going to apply to, Mm -hmm. maybe some stretch schools and some... Fallbacks? Yes. So what were his core middle schools?
1: His core middle schools?
0: That you applied to. Where I'm getting at is is how many... How many schools did you apply and then kind of the range okay. so we can get my listeners... Well,
1: let me back that up a bit because I tell a lot of parents this now navigating this and applying for this upcoming year because they have seniors. So the deadline um, to apply for college is coming up in the fall. So what I recommend is because I had some kids, a friend of mine, my kids only going to this school and if they don't get in, they're not going to apply to anything else. Okay, for 55 extra dollars, check as many boxes as you can on the CSU application. Leave your options open because here's the deal. Yes, they're going to look at SAT or ACT scores. Yes, they're going to look at your grades. They're also going to look at your extracurricular activities, your community service. So don't shut that off. So mark those extra boxes for 55 extra dollars and check as many CSUs if that's the route you're going as you can because you don't want to close that box. And really, um, I work in schools and yes, overwhelmingly, if you have a certain score and you have a certain GPA, you're getting in. But really, they have to round this out. And I, I went through a college workshop. They're also going to take students that may not have necessarily that high SAT right. or high ACT mm-hmm. score, maybe not really high GPA. They have to balance those um, admittance um, are the new applicants coming to their school. So whether it's a stretch school, middle school, or bottom school, mark them all. Do not close um, the doors to it. So check them all. Uh-
0: I could not agree with you 100%. Marcella, you're my sister. We agree to disagree a lot. Absolutely. But this one, you nailed it on the the head. I can't emphasize, check the goddamn flipping box and pay the money. Like Sophia applied to 12 schools, right? We had her stretch schools, her moderate schools, and then we call them fallback schools because you gotta have your options open.
1: You do. And I had a friend of mine, she... um, but cut, checked her son checked a couple of the boxes but she didn't check all and then they started they started getting the you know the um, acceptance letters he ended up going to the school he wanted to go to but she wasn't sure when they were going to go do the final visit what if he didn't like it or didn't like the community then she didn't check some of those extra boxes because there's other schools that he Right, probably saw himself fitting into. So, just do it. I mean, I'm telling parents that now. Just checks the boxes because you just never know. You know, circumstances might change from the beginning of your senior year to the spring of your senior year, and you're starting to get these acceptance letter acceptance letters. Oh, this is a sidebar. Another CSU is the one out there off Vallejo. It's um, the Cal State Maritime. Oh my goodness, that's a school people don't know it's a Cal State. That's a sweet little school. It's fairly new. It's off off on these ships and stuff.
0: If you're looking at my face right now, because I have <laughs> the whole conference of the CCAA. No. Not and not like CSU's, but like these are division two schools. You know, we gotta kinda right. tie it into the student right. manager and sports, but I've never even heard of Cal State Maritime. A-
1: okay, no, check it out, folks. Go check out Cal State Maritime. When we were doing some of these college um, Fairs, It's a school that people don't know about. And actually, Ryan said after we applied and he didn't check that box, he's like, is it too late to get into Cal State Maritime? Yes, honey, you didn't check the box. So parents, look at all the schools, check the boxes.
0: I'm looking at their website right now, www.calstatemaritime.com. <laughs> well, while you're looking
1: that up, let me see if I can give you a reader of your viewers. Do you
0: know they only have less... <laughs> 1,079 students. I mean, my daughter's high school is bigger than this.
1: I know, but for students or families looking for that small, close-knit like high school experience, not that you're going to be like a high school. This is smaller
0: than a high school. I
1: know, but if you want that close-knit community or you're one of those kids that are so like, I don't know, just overwhelmed by large, just, I don't know, that kind of thing. Cal State Maritime, check it out.
0: You know what? I'm looking at it now. N-A-I-A school. So this is N-A-I-A. There's Division One, Division 2 D3, then NAIA. And that's the goal. Having guests like yourself helps promote my podcast and makes my listeners want to listen because I can't get to every school. Absolutely. I've been to 100 plus, but Maritime, I may have to put that on my list of to-dos.
1: Go scope that out. Really, take the tour.
0: So let me ask you this, and we're running up against the clock, but it's okay because I can make my podcast... As long as I want and people might be bored though. They could be bored, but you know what? This is my third podcast. If you don't like it, they would have already shut it off. True. You know, and and in two years, three years, we don't know where this podcast is gonna go. I have
1: to say I'm really excited about this that you would want me on this show and I'm kinda honored, honestly, because you know
0: Yeah. Well, you're the first guest, so my sister, and I was just talking to my wife, Maria, your sister-in-law, that's how we met. That that could be a whole nother podcast in Ooh. itself, how we met our spouses.
1: Yes, we should do that. Next I'll come back come for that.
0: I would love to be that it, one. It'd be great because this podcast, yes, we focus on certain things, but hey, we tell stories. Wait,
1: when you think about it, I just thought of this. What? How ironic. You met your spouse through me. I met my spouse through you.
0: And in the radio business, in the podcast business, that's a tease- and we can tee it up for the next time.
1: Absolutely, but then we can also tell, you know, because you were this, this relates. You posed as a UCI gymnast, and you were still in high school. And you told my husband at the, our then back then, you told him you were a UCI gymnast. It he, was a
0: Cal Berkeley gymnast because I had my Cal Berkeley. Oh, that's right. On. Okay, so yeah, tease yes, down the road. A tease. Tees. So as we wrap up, I do have a couple more questions. Sure. If you had to do this process all over again, yes. Is there, what can you tell my audience? Is there anything you would have done differently?
1: Yes, I I look back to you and Maria and what you've done with your kids and you know really expose them to college campuses early on. I wished I would have done that sooner with my kids. Yes, we talked with co- to college with them about college. Yes, we said you must go to college, you must go X amount away miles away to college, and you must get your BA and we'll pay for it. so we did that. But I don't believe I exposed them to the extent that you and Maria did. So what I'm telling your viewer or your not your viewers, your listeners, expose your kids. And I know sometimes you think, oh, that costs a lot of money. But if you're already in a town and you're on somewhere for a weekend vacation or a little getaway or visit. If you're five, 10 minutes away from a campus, do the detour, check it out. Because if you, the more you can expose your kids, the more that they will want and be curious about, hmm, what is this campus like? What is that campus mm-hmm. like? So really exposure early and often.
0: Marcella, other known as Big Mac, it's been a pleasure having you. I've really enjoyed this, you being my first guest. Murph's coming here, my executive producer going, you're over on time, you're over on time. (laughs) But you know what? We do what we wanna do, That's right. right. So I'm gonna say thank you again. I would love to have you back. And I wanna thank my executive producer, Murph Thank,
1: Thank Thanks, Murph.
0: And I wanna thank all my followers and listeners. And thank you for listening to The Student Manager. And stay tuned for next week's podcast with The Fonger, and the student manager signing out. Have a great day.